Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. This is an interactive, interactive. interactive podcast. Designed for audience participation. Come talk, 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 text chat, or listen live at TalkShoe.com. Uh, good evening, everyone, and this is Jules, and welcome uh, to the next episode of Traveling to Italy. Uh, tonight is, uh, for, for those of you who have not been on the show before, this is, in, uh, in fact, my 27th episode of the show, and I started doing it uh, just when uh, TalkShoe went live back in mid-June. Uh, a couple of things about the show. Uh, first of all, if you do want to contact me for any reason re- related to this show, uh, do so at Jules, J-U-L-E-S, at TalkShoe.com. I've also got a blog uh, on Italy Jules on Blogger and a lens on Squidoo. Uh, a couple of things for those of you who are new to the show. Uh, let me take a few minutes, a few seconds, I should say, not a few minutes, and uh, just tell you about the format. Uh, again, we talk here about, about Italy about places in Italy, about food, uh, about language. I did a couple of episodes on actually speaking Italian language and getting by as a, uh, as a foreigner and a, and a new traveler. Uh, I talk about some stories, experiences, etc. Uh, it's not the purpose of this talk cast to replace a guidebook. I certainly recommend you, you know, check out the Internet for all sorts of facts and figures and get guidebooks and read up as much as possible before indeed going to Italy. Uh, this uh, show is really more about personal experiences and recommendations and things like that. And I'd certainly be interested in hearing anybody else's uh, stories or comments on Italy as we go along. Uh, tonight we're going to be uh, continuing on a recent uh, series of episodes which deal with the top ten. And I've uh, dealt with top ten on places like uh, Rome and Venice uh, and, and others. And tonight we're going to talk about the top ten things to do and see in Florence. Uh, Florence, if you've been on any of my episodes before, you know, is is my favorite city uh, in the world. Uh, I would definitely live there if I could. Um, Unfortunately, I'd have to take the wife and the four kids and all the other uh, things with me, and it just doesn't seem to be in the cards. So I'll have to wait until the kids go to college uh, before I go ahead and live there for a while. Uh, anyway, as I said, it is my favorite city, and this is uh, something I love to talk about uh, more than just about anything else. I, um, I'm going to start again with the top ten, uh, working backwards from ten until one, as, as uh, all the great uh, late-night hosts uh, do. Not that I'm a great late-night host, but um, it's, uh, it's, it's the way I guess things are done. And for those of you who have not been to Florence, Florence is a city which is the uh, second or third most um, frequented in terms of uh, tourism in uh, Italy. It's not the uh, second or third largest city. It's about uh, number seven or eight, I believe, in terms of uh, population. But it's uh, in the top three uh, behind uh, Rome and Venice in terms of um, tourist traffic. So uh, coming in at, at number 10 
is actually something that uh, people may not know about in Florence, and it's actually a piazza. Piazza is the word in Italian for square, and it's called Piazza Michelangelo. Uh, it is not directly in the very center in Florence. In fact, it is on the outskirts of Florence, about a five-minute bus ride from downtown. Uh, you can walk it. It's, it's a bit up a steep hill. But uh, there's a good reason it's up a steep hill and, and why you want to go there, and that is for the view. Uh, Piazza Michelangelo sits above the city, and it looks down over Florence. Uh, if you've ever seen pictures of Florence, there's a pretty good chance that they were taken from, indeed, the Piazza Michelangelo. It's a great square. It's actually more than a square. It's really a, a large area with a, um, a wall on one side of it overlooking the downtown city, and you can just take fantastic pictures, uh, go during the day, go at night. It's equally fun. I do recommend in particular going uh, at night um, because we get a lot more Italians then. Uh, you'll see uh, you know Italian guys and Italian girls hanging out together, uh, walking arm in arm, and it's just... Uh, a bit more of an Italian scene in the evening hours versus during the day when it's a bit more uh, the tourist bus scene. So that comes in at uh, number 10. Uh, number 9 on the list is a palace uh, called the Palazzo Vecchio. Vecchio, by the way, is the word for old. So these things sound great in Italian, Palazzo Vecchio, but it really means old palace. And this is the palace in the very uh, center of town. And this palace has uh, many different things uh, to see, and it's, it has uh, great rooms that are decorated. There are paintings all over the walls uh, in, in all of the different rooms. You can take tours of the palace. Uh, there's also a tour of kind of the, the back rooms, and the back rooms kind of go winding through the, the back of the, of the uh, palace, and you can see things that are not on the typical tour. Uh, there's also a number of things to do in the Palazzo Vecchio for children. In fact, they have a, a special section where you can buy tickets that are very inexpensive, and kids can do uh, all sorts of things, uh, ranging from going on some of these back tours and seeing things that only uh, kids would see and, and experience back then in the um, in, in the old days, if you will, of, of uh, Florence. Uh, my kids just did some arts and crafts, and it's a great thing place to go just for the entire family. So I, I highly recommend it. Uh, coming in at number eight is actually something that uh, people probably don't know too much about. In fact, it's one of the least frequented museums in uh, Florence, and that is the Bargello Museum. It is typically not on the bus tour, which makes it even better, and this specifically is a sculpture museum, and you're going to see uh, the great masters, including uh, the, the best of the best, uh, such as Michelangelo and Donatello. And personally, if I had to go just to uh, two museums, I would go to the Bargello, and I'll talk about the Uffizi later on, which is the picture museum. Uh, it's right in the center of town, and as I said, it is often missed, and it, it really shouldn't be. So I, I do recommend that you go to the Bargello. Uh, the the art in the uh, Sculpture Museum is mostly from uh, the medieval times and primarily in the Renaissance and a little afterwards. Uh, as is typical with a lot of the art in Florence, the Renaissance is sort of uh, the, the most often seen art, and the reason for that is that's really when Florence was one of the key cities uh, in, the, in the world. 
uh, was during the, the Renaissance era, and, and some people go so far as to say that the Renaissance really started in, in Florence. Um, okay, coming in at uh, number uh, seven is the Ponte Vecchio. So hopefully you remember the word uh, Vecchio from the Palazzo Vecchio. Ponte means bridge. So Ponte Vecchio, again, sounds wonderful in Italian, and what it means in English is old bridge. Uh, it's a very unique bridge. It, it uh, traverses the Arno River. The Arno River flows right through the center of, of Florence. Uh, it's, it's something you'll see constantly. You'll be walking uh, on the river, along the river. There's shops, there's hotels, there's restaurants, there's all sorts of things. But what makes the Ponte Vecchio unique, it's not a very large bridge. Uh, we're talking about a bridge that's maybe at not even one city block, uh, but it is full of uh, shops, uh, in particular jewelry shops. Uh, you can buy leather there. Uh, you can buy a little bit of clothing, but it's really not a clothing area. It's more for the jewelry. That's what's what it's typically known for. Uh, I bought um, uh, several uh, jewelry pieces there. One of the things I found interesting about the, the way they sell jewelry is it didn't seem how ornate the particular necklace that I was looking for was. I was trying to buy something for my mother. Uh, it was actually weighed, and, and it was purely done on the weight of gold, irrespective of the intricacy of the design, which I found uh, very, very interesting. Um, it's also a place where you can definitely negotiate. Um, it is, however, a place where there are a lot of tourists, so you want to be a little bit careful. Even if they're weighing it, they can apply, of course, different prices to the weights uh, in, in terms of uh, fractions of ounces and such. And I would uh, recommend that you do a little bit of bargaining. Uh, and what the heck, it's, it's fun anyway. Uh, coming in, I think we're at, uh, at number six right now, is actually uh, not right in the center of Florence but about a 15-minute bus ride up the hill outside the valley uh, where Florence sits into a town called Fiesole, uh, F-I-E-S-O-L-E. And Fiesole is a, a very small town on the top of the hill, and you go there for a couple of different reasons. Uh, one is the view. So up top in Fiesole, there is a, a nice park that you walk to. You kind of walk up a hill through some streets, and then there's a, a large park, and the park overlooks the entire city of Florence and the surrounding valley, uh, the river, and everything. And it's an absolutely spectacular view. Uh, the best time to go to Fiesole is about at dusk, um, so you can get a nice view of Florence sort of in the, in the daylight hours, but then you'll start to slowly see the lights come on uh, in the downtown city, and eventually the sky, as it darkens, you'll see uh, a sea of lights. Uh, in the city, surrounded by the uh, the surrounding hills and kind of dotted lights from the different towns. Uh, there's also uh, some good restaurants up in Fiesole, in particular right in the main square. I don't remember the name of the place, but uh, it's pretty easy to find. There's pretty much one pizza place there, and that pizza place is a great place. It's got outside seating and inside seating right in the center square. There's about three other restaurants in that center square. And you can't avoid the center square because that's where the bus drops you off uh, when you get there. Or if you drive by car, that's where you're going to park. So Fiesole is uh, definitely uh, very high on the list uh, to be seen here, here at, uh, at number six. Um, the comment comes in about Pizza Hut. Yeah, it's kind of like Pizza Hut. You know, it's pretty much the same. They just uh, transport it to Italy. But uh, one thing I should say, by the way, about pizza since the topic was brought up is pizza in Italy is very different. If you haven't uh, been to Italy, 
you and you've eaten mostly uh, pizza in different parts of the world or in America or England or, or any other part for that matter, you're probably going to eat pizza which has a thicker crust with lots of cheese on it. Uh, the pizza in Italy is completely the opposite of that. It is a, a very, very thin crust. Uh, it is uh, cooked in a coal-fired oven at approximately 1,500 degrees. Uh, it's, so it, it cooks extremely quickly. It's very crisp. It's, uh, I don't want to say heavy on the sauce, but it's much higher proportion of sauce uh, than your typical pizza. But um, because it's so thin, it's easy to get down, and you can easily eat a pizza per person uh, when you're over there. Okay, coming in at uh, number uh, five is another museum, and this is the uh, museum which is called the Academia. And this is in particular where, where many, many people go uh, to see the Statue of David, which is the famous statue by Michelangelo that's been all over the place uh, in guidebooks and postcards and Internet and, and all sorts of good stuff like that. But um, that's why you go there. Uh, the other thing that people don't realize is there, uh, if, if they're fans of Michelangelo, are his series of slaves. Uh, they're called the slaves. They're not really supposed to be slaves, but they, they seem to be in, um, in chains almost and, and kind of coming out of the rock. It's very strange. Uh, there's one statue that's mostly finished except for the head where there's still a big block of giant marble uh, on top that has not been cut. And uh, the slaves were from uh, the very last uh, things that Michelangelo sculpted uh, before he died. Uh, personally, uh, even though the David's there, uh, the Academia, I put it number five because that's what most people might put it up uh, high on the list. To be quite honest, uh, on, on the list that I'm looking at here, I frankly might swap it with the Bargello. If I had to see one sculpture museum in Florence, it would actually be the Bargello, not the Academia. Um, mainly because I guess the David has been seen uh, so, so many times, and even though it is absolutely spectacular to see in, per in person, it's um, still, I guess, a little over-touristed for me. And if you get there right when the uh, museum opens, uh, you should go have a cappuccino because it, there will be a line around the block. Uh, all the bus tour buses come in uh, before the, the museum opens, and uh, everybody lines up, and it's a really bad time to go. Frankly, if you're going to go, and this is the case in general in uh, Italy and, and probably throughout Europe and the world, some of the best times to go to museums are about an hour and a half before the museum closes uh, because most people think that's not enough time, so they come a lot earlier. And if you go that time, you'll have a kind of free run of the place, at least for the last half hour to 45 minutes. Okay, uh, so we're, we're kind of uh, coming in at, at the uh, top ones here. And uh, number four is uh, something else that people would not usually see in Florence, but yet for me it's on number four. And, and this is a real shame. And the real reason people don't go to this place is because it's a, a little out of the way. And when I say out of the way, I don't mean difficult to get to. It's just not right in the center of Florence. And this is the Palazzo Pitti. And... Uh, the PT uh, has nothing to do with smallness. PT was a family, and the Palazzo PT means the PT Palace, um, and is surrounded by the Boboli Gardens, which are massive um, formal gardens. Uh, this is in an area which is called the Oltrano. Oltrano means the other side of the Arno. And the PT Palace has uh, something for absolutely everybody uh, there. Uh, kids, um, 
people, middle age, old people, you name it, there's something to do there. Uh, there's a in the palace itself. You can certainly uh, see the palace, but that's not the main attraction. Uh, there is a painting museum, uh, which is spectacular. Again, centered in on Renaissance uh, painting, and there are many uh, famous uh, works of art from uh, the likes of Michelangelo, Michelangelo Raffaello, and, and other of the great masters. Uh, there's also a modern art museum, which is wonderful. Most people who go to Italy. Uh, and Florence always only think of the Renaissance, but there is a spectacular modern art museum in the PT Palace that I've been to several times, and it is only modern art of of Italy, uh, which is is interesting because usually if you're in other countries and you see modern art, you're typically not seeing very much in the way of Italian modern art. So it's nice to just see it uh, from the perspective uh, of of being in Italy. Uh, there are there's also in addition to the palace and the museums, there is what's called, as I said before, the Boboli Gardens. Now, the Boboli Gardens are enormous. Um, even though they're they're in the city uh, limits, uh, the gardens, and I, I tried looking online to find exactly how many acres they span, but they're at least about 20 acres. And, and I, I, I'm conjecturing that from the fact that um, I actually was looking at a, a piece of land one time that was about 20 acres. Uh, out, out in farmland somewhere, and uh, it was about that big and perhaps even even larger than that. But these 20 acres are not farmland. These are very um, formal gardens. Uh, there are fountains uh, scattered throughout, very large fountains with, uh, with large pools around them in one case, uh, very broad walkways with, with tall cypress trees, uh, covered walkways, uh, thin places, you can sort of find open um, areas like general parkland with trees to sit and, and have uh, um, your fill of your lunch or wine. Uh, there are statues, uh, there are grottos. Uh, it's, it's simply amazing, and, and you'll certainly need to spend a good, um, oh, I would say at least an hour and a half, two hours just in the gardens itself. I, I, I highly recommend it. It's the kind of thing where the the PT Palace is a wonderful place to do in an afternoon. Uh, go have lunch somewhere on the Old Toronto. Uh, go see the museums for an hour or so and hang out in the gardens for another uh, couple of hours, and you'll certainly have a, a wonderful experience. Uh, it is definitely one of the top things I would recommend uh, seeing if you're in, in Florence uh, for even, even a day, or, or certainly if you're in two days, I would highly recommend it. Uh, number three on the list, is the uh, Duomo, and, and Duomo is the term typically used for cathedral or, or main church in a city, but uh, Duomo is, is a bit of a generic term, so if you go to a lot of cities in Italy, people will say go to the Duomo, which means, again, the large uh, basilica or cathedral in the city. Um, in addition to the church itself, as in the case with, with, with all the churches that you'll find, or certainly most of the churches you'll find in Italy, there is an accompanying bell tower. Uh, you can climb the bell tower as well as climb the Duomo, which is very interesting to climb the church. Uh, about halfway up the climb, you'll be walking around the, the sort of base of the dome itself, and then you can walk up to the very top of the dome. Uh, I'm not sure if they still allow this, but when I was there about uh, 20 years ago, you were actually allowed to walk outside the top of the dome and, and there was a little area where you could stand and get a, a beautiful view of the city. 
the Duomo is by far the tallest uh, building in uh, the center of Florence. And, and if you were to see pictures of the Duomo in Florence on a postcard or on, or on the Internet, you, you probably would recognize it instantaneously. It's kind of the signature uh, building in, in Florence itself. Okay, uh, moving on, we're getting uh, near the, the top two here. And uh, number two is, is a museum. And this is the Uffizi Museum, U-F-F-I-Z-Z-I. Uh, -F -F -I -Z -Z -I. This certainly is not only my number two on the list in terms of Florence, but in terms of all museums in Italy, it certainly would be in my top uh, two or three. So this is this magnificent. I know I'm a little biased here because I, I, I took a lot of Renaissance art when I was in college, and when I finally went to Florence my first time after college and went to the Uffizi Museums, it was pretty much like opening up a art history uh, textbook. Uh, just about every painting that I possibly uh, had studied in uh, school was in this museum. Uh, which was just uh, simply amazing. Uh, it, it starts the museum, in, it, which is very interesting. A lot of museums don't do this, but it's, it's very unique, I think. Is It's in chronological order. So when you come to the very first room in the Uffizi Museum, you're kind of at the very end of the, the Byzantine Gothic and at the very start of the Renaissance. And there's two paintings uh, side by side, which people often compare as the beginning or the end of one and the beginning of the other. Um, so it's it's just a fantastic museum. You walk from room to room. Uh, every every single um, artist that you can think of who is a Renaissance Italian artist is is depicted there. Many of whom um, have entire rooms dedicated uh, to themselves. It's it's just simply magnificent. Magnificent. Unfortunately, uh, on the air here and in talking, you, you can't say uh, enough about. Um, what something you can't, I shouldn't say you can't say enough of you can't depict what something looks like without absolutely going there and and seeing it. Um, but if you can't go there, uh, you know, go online uh, or pick up any Renaissance, Renaissance uh, Italian art textbook, and you'll uh, you'll definitely uh, see many many works from the Uffizi Museum. The uh, number one on my list is is not uh, a a museum or a church or a palace or anything else. Uh, but what it is is the uh, Piazza della Signoria, and the Piazza della Signoria is the main square in the center of uh, Florence, and it is um, right next to the uh, Palazzo Vecchio. So there's an enormous um, a piazza there. There is a copy of the David statue outside of the uh, Palazzo Vecchio. There is a, a covered area where there are many other um, sculptures outside. Uh, the piazza is, uh, a, it's hard to say about how large of an area it, it would be, but um, it's at least a city block by a city block in terms of, of length. Um, so it's a, it's a good size. Um, and by the way, I say city blocks a lot because I'm from New York City. But it's a, a fun area, and that's really why it's the number one on my list. If I had to sort of do, do anything in, in Florence and I was put there for a couple of hours, I'd go right to the Piazza della Signoria and I would hang out. And I would watch people walk by, and I might jump into the uh, Palazzo Vecchio for a while. I'd uh, sit under the sculptures. I'd have, uh, have lunch there, uh, have a cappuccino, 
uh, buy some postcards and some souvenirs, and it's kind of a, a, a collecting point for for all of the center of, of Florence. So I, I would highly recommend uh, going there. Uh, now, there, there is actually one thing that if you really kind of, you know, put a gun to my head and said, okay, Mark, really, 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 if you had, you know, three hours or four hours and I put you in Florence and you could only be there for so long, what would you really do? And I look at this list and I say, would I really do any of these things? Number one, would it be the Piazza della Signoria or the Uffizi or what actually would it be? And the reality is it would be none of the above. What I would do if I had three or four hours is eat. Uh, I would go eat uh, ravioli and lasagna and pizza and gelato and cappuccino and, and have a couple of bottles of, of uh, Chianti along with that. And uh, that's really what I would do because, in, in my opinion, that still represents the most important thing to do when you go to Italy, which is just eat and talk and meet people. And I have uh, many experiences uh, that I carry around with me during my life and uh, some of which are represented in some of the, my stories and episodes that I have in this particular talk cast. And, and again, I would highly recommend that. Uh, one specific place, if you happen to, to want a recommendation, is a place called Aqua Aldue, A-C-Q-U-A, Aldue, D-U-E, which is the number two. And that's a place where the first course is five pastas. Um, and then they do co indeed come to you and ask for a second course and dessert and, and salad and uh, vegetables and everything else. But uh, just the five pastas is fantastic. Uh, there, there is one other place that, that's not on the list, and, and it, it's kind of, I'm not sure if it should be, but it's certainly a great place to hang out. There's another piazza called the Piazza della Repubblica, which is again near the very center of Florence, uh, about a five to ten minute walk from the other Piazza della Signoria. And that's another great piazza in particular. That one has many, many uh, restaurants lining it, all of whom have their uh, seating outside the um, right on the on the piazza uh, square itself. And, and that's another uh, great place to hang out. Okay, uh, so so that's uh, that's what I've got today in terms of of the uh, the content for this show. Uh, if anybody out there has any questions uh, that they'd like to ask, uh, please uh, go ahead and type those in or uh, call in, and I'll be more than happy to take uh, take any questions. Uh, I'm going to uh, check back here to see on the uh, chat session we already have uh, any of the comments. Let's see. Eat. Certainly somebody talked about uh, eating pasta. Uh, definitely that's my... Uh, most fun thing to do in Italy. My favorite pastas are ravioli would be number one. No, I should take that back. I shouldn't say that. Lasagna would be number one. And lasagna in Florence, uh, I shouldn't say all of Italy, in Florence in particular is very different. It's not kind of the four or five thick layers that you see, uh, you might see in the United States or elsewhere. Um, it's probably about 10 to 15 layers of individual homemade pasta with very thin amounts of sauce and cheese in between each one and a, and a little bit of meat uh, covered with uh, spaghetti sauce. Uh, ravioli, uh, there's a tortellini. Uh, also, if you've never had tortellini, it's I don't want to say it's like ravioli, but it has a similar kind of stuffed pasta. And in particular in Florence, there's something called tortellini alla panna, which is a, a cream and cheese sauce, which is a very, very simple sauce to make, but uh, but wonderful to eat.
yeah, Sarah, Sarah types in that it's, uh, it's making her hungry and, and wanting to visit just for the food. As I said, that's the reason to go to Italy. Uh, and there, although I did meet somebody, uh, a friend of a friend here in Pittsburgh, who had gone to Italy, and she came back, and she said she was disappointed with the food. And, and of course, my jaw dropped, and, and I was beside myself and just could not possibly understand how she would not uh, enjoy the food in, in Italy. And I said, well, what do you mean you didn't enjoy the food in Italy? And she said it wasn't spicy enough. And what she meant by that, it wasn't hot enough, meaning hot peppers. And that is, that's exactly the point. It, Italian food is not hot and spicy. It's American Italian food that is made to be hot and spicy. Um, it's American Italian food that in spaghetti sauce adds um, sausages and peppers and onions and r carrots and everything else. Whereas in Italy, it's tomato sauce. Um, it's, it's good tomatoes, it's good olive oil, it's good garlic, and a few spices uh, here and there, but um, the food is is the good ingredients. It's not the, the additional hotness and, and spices and hot sauce and all that. Um, so if you do really like hot, spicy food, don't go to Italy or bring a bottle of hot sauce with you. But um, it's really, uh, again, the food is, is absolutely outstanding there. Okay, well, um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, end the show now. And one other thing I should say, certainly being a, uh, a good uh, talk show employee citizen, is I need to uh, mention to everybody that there is going to be uh, what we hope to be a fantastic show this weekend from um, Leo Laporte and Amber MacArthur, who are doing their first live uh, interactive uh, podcast um, under the, uh, the Twit TV uh, station, I guess, um, and, and they're moving their show, one of their shows, into a live format, uh, and we're expecting lots and lots of guests. And uh, it should be a, a wonderful time for everybody who's really interested in, in podcasting or anything they have to say or chatting and just experiencing a, a new venue. Uh, anyway, uh, that's it for now, and uh, this is Jules uh, signing off. Ciao. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.